by someone who knows that God is on their side. I'm not, I'm not declaring war on the devil by myself, but I'm letting you know that I have somebody with me that gives me the courage, that gives me the authority, that gives me the power to say that this means war. That means if you're, if you're coming after me, devil, you're going to have to fight for this. Oh, I dare you to just point your finger and tell the devil yourself, you're going to have to fight for this. Hallelujah. This means. This means. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, put those hands together. Give God some praise today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. We're thankful for our praise team leading us forward so powerfully in worship on this morning. And I praise God for each of you. For those who are watching us virtually, we praise God for you as well. And we just thank God for another day that he has allowed us to see. Amen. Again, I can't thank God enough when I just say thank God that I'm here. I I, I thank God that I'm I'm here. I, I believe that's another level of appreciation and thankfulness because there are so many things that we take for granted. But when we just say thank God I'm here... There are so many circumstances for which I could not be here. I don't mean just not be alive, but I I, I could be alive, but then just not have my right mind. I, I could be alive, but just not be able to get around enough to make it to church. I I could be alive, but be engaged in other things that because of the problems that are going on in my life. So I just praise God for simple things by just saying, Lord, thank God I'm here. And the songwriter said, and I'm here by the grace of God. It's only by his grace and by his mercy that I'm here. And I just, I want to continuously and perpetually just thank God for being here because I know it is a blessing just to be here. It's a blessing to see each and every one of you. Point at somebody in the audience and say, it's a blessing to see you. Amen. Your presence tells me more about what God's doing for you than your Facebook post. (laughs) Somebody can post on Facebook and be in despair and be in in, in turmoil. But when I see you, when I see you, that, that, that lets me know that God is still working and operating in your life. And I just praise God for you and what God is doing in your life on this morning. And whatever he started, just want to share that with somebody this morning. Whatever God started, he's going to finish. He's going to see it through. He's not through blessing you. He's not through taking you to the place that he said you're going to go. Because my God's word, it never fails. Oh, come on, say that for yourself. Say, God's word 
never fails. I just praise God for that. In this moment right here, I thank God that his word, it never, it never fails. And again, I thank God for each of you this morning. We want to go quickly to the word of the Lord. If you will follow me in God's word, a story that really stuck out to me that I wanted to share on this morning from Luke chapter 6. And we'll be looking at verses 6 through 11. Again, that's Luke chapter 6. And we'll be looking at verses 6 through 11 from the English Standard Version. I'll read that into your hearing this morning. The word says in Luke 6 and 6, On another Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And a man was there whose right hand was withered. And the scribes and the Pharisees watched him to see whether he would heal on the Sabbath so that they might find a reason to accuse him. But, when he, but he knew their thoughts. And he said to the man with the withered hand, come and stand here. And he rose and stood there. And Jesus said to them, I ask you, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm? To save life or to destroy it? And after looking around at them, he said to him, stretch out your hand and he did so and his hand was restored but they were filled with fury I think the King James version says filled with madness and discussed with one another what they might do to Jesus if you bow your heads Heavenly Father Lord we thank you for this ministry moment this destiny moment Lord where your word is applied to our hearts if we leave our hearts, our minds, and our spirit open and receptive to what you have to say to us right now, we'll allow your word to shine a light on our path of destiny. Allow your word to push us, to give us the energy, Lord, to give us the focus, to give us the direction, to follow your path. And Lord, most of all, do not allow us to leave this moment unchanged. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I want to come to you from the thought this morning, simply reaching. Somebody say that with me, say reaching. When I thought of reaching, I, first I was going to entitle the message reach, but then God said reaching because it's something that we should continuously be doing. It's not something that we've done in the past. It's not an abstract idea, but it is something that we should purposefully and continuously be doing. When I think of reaching, and I want you to do this exercise with me just for a moment, reaching doesn't look like this. It doesn't look like this. I don't want each of you to do this with me. Reaching looks more like this. And why is this reaching, but this is not reaching? Reaching requires you to come outside the frame of your body. Come outside of that which is easily accessible to you. And you are, get this, extending yourself beyond your normal capabilities to try to obtain something that you do not already have. I'm reaching for something that I do not have. I'm reaching for something that I do not possess. And obviously the object of my reaching is something that I desire to possess, something that I desire to have. And the only thing required of me to obtain that is to extend myself, my arm, my hand, my mindset, 
my thinking in the direction of the object that I'm trying to obtain. I have to see myself obtaining it in my mind before I reach for it with my hand. And see, the problem is in reaching. If you have not reached with your mind before you reach with your hand, then your hand will be extended and you will accept anything that it touches. You to get that. When, you, when you're not reaching with purpose, when you have not obtained it in your mind, then you will extend your hand, and whatever your hand touches, you will accept. Because you have not at first believed and reached by faith in the direction of that which you're trying to obtain. You just put your hand on something and you'll. You'll grab it. It reminds me of sometimes of games. They'll put blindfolds on you and you're reaching and you're extending and you're touching it. And you're trying to figure and, and, and ascertain, is this the thing that I need? Is this the thing that I, I'm supposed to grab? You don't know because your mind has not extended itself in the direction of that thing which you're trying to obtain. Which means if your mind doesn't go there first, then you'll accept anything that your hand touches. If you're not purposeful in your life, purposeful in your faith, purposeful in what you believe and what you desire to happen in your life, then you'll accept anything that somebody puts in your hand. You know why I know you believe that? Because you've ever, you, if you've never said it, you've thought this. You said beggars can't be choosers. If you're in a position where you just extend your hand, then you accept anything that somebody puts in it. Because you're not purposeful in reaching and grabbing and obtaining that which you have already had thought by faith in your mind to receive and to accept. We have to be purposeful in our reaching. We have to be thoughtful in consideration of what we desire next in our lives. Life is coming at it and it's coming at you fast. So I need to be purposeful in my design so that I do not just simply accept what somebody puts in my hand. And part, part of that is discernment. Part, 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 the, 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 the key to that function of what I'm describing is discernment. When I say discernment, that means there are a lot of words out there and there are a lot of people talking. That doesn't mean you have to accept everything somebody says. Just because a word is out there and it sounds good, that does not mean that it's for you. You have to have discernment. I'll send a shout out to the Wilcox right quick. I used to use this example with them, and I know sometimes they listen to our broadcast there in Arizona. That God gave them a specific word at the time to move from California to Shelbyville. And that worked out for them because that's what God was telling them. Now, if they shared that with everybody else who was their neighbors, it wouldn't have worked out so well. Because it was not intended for them. It was something that was a specific word that was meant for them. And they grabbed hold of that thing which God had told them. That thing which God had for them. So just because something works out for somebody else does not mean I need to reach out to try to obtain the same thing that the word told them to do. Because in that vein, I'm just reaching out and accepting whatever I get. I need to reach out 
only in the direction that God tells me and only accept and obtain that which God said is for me. That's, that's the part of reaching. I, I'm reaching, but reaching sometimes means, and I want you to accept it, I want you to get this in your spirit. Reaching sometimes means laying your hands on something that you need to immediately put down. And I know I have witnesses out there because you, you're old enough in your life to have reached for something and you receive something and, and you wish in your spirit right now, uh, having looking in hindsight, I wish I had the wisdom and the discernment to have put that thing down. Sometimes it's a person. I was reaching and, and they grabbed hold of my hand, but baby, if I knew then what I knew now, I would have put their hand back down. I was reaching. And because I wasn't reaching with purpose, because I wasn't reaching with discernment, I grabbed hold of something that I should have put back down. Some of you have had jobs like that. You, you, were, you were so desperate to receive a job, and the first one that called you, you say, yeah, I'll take that. And it didn't take long for you to realize I've picked up something that I should have immediately put back down. You have to reach with purpose. You have to reach with discernment. But you know what? I want to I wanna, I wanna tell you something, that there's a blessing in picking up the wrong thing. There's a blessing. You know, there's a blessing in picking up the wrong thing. There's going to be a lesson with it. There's going to be a storm with it. There's a blessing in picking up the wrong thing. Because when you pick up the wrong thing and you go through something, I wish I had some real people in here. When you pick up the wrong thing and then it takes you through something and you go through a trial and you go through a storm, then the next time you reach, uh, <laughs> uh, mm -mm, that, that's, that's not it. Mm -mm, mm, I, I've already been there, done that. I got the t-shirt. No, that's... That's, that's not it. There's a lesson in discerning the right thing to pick up. But when you pick up the wrong thing, the, you ought to learn that lesson. So next time, somebody say next time. I don't pick that thing back up again. And if you pick it back up again, you know what that tells me? You didn't learn the lesson. Uh, let me come down your street. Why, why do I always date trifling people? Why do I always date trifling people? Let me, let me go ahead and give you your answer. Because you keep picking them up. And you don't put them back down. Oh, that was trifling. And sometimes you don't exercise discernment. You pick one up, that was trifling, put it back down. Picked another one, oh, that was trifling, put it back. You're not discerning in your reaching. And maybe, maybe, let me give you this too. Maybe this is not even your season to be reaching. Instead of putting them down, maybe you need to put your hand down and stop reaching. Because it's not your season. Maybe all the crops in this season, they were already ruined. 
This is not the season for you to be trying to harvest because all the crops were, were ruined. What God's trying to tell you before you reach for the third time. Said, Baby, this is not your season. You don't need to put the crop down. Put your hand down and, and stop reaching and discern when it's time to reach. Discern when it's time to reach. I mean, some of you, some of it's the job. It's the third job, and I have the same problem, baby. Are you discerning what you're reaching for? Or are you grabbing that which is easily available? Sometimes that's our, our failure. It's to recognize when God's speaking and when the devil is making something available. <laughs> there's, there's a difference. Just because the devil's making it available doesn't mean God's speaking. Oh, so, so, oh, I know some of you, let, let, let me go ahead and tell you what you said. Oh, look at what God gave me. Whoo, that's a blessing. Then you got it and it wasn't a blessing. And then sometimes you got in stuff and it was hard to get yourself out of it. It was too late. The warranty had already expired. <laughs> when you recognize, I wish, I wish I had some real folks in here. The warranty had already expired. By the time you recognize that what you had laid your hands on was no longer a blessing. Maybe that's an indication to you that this is simply not your season to be reaching. Oh, let's talk, oh, let's talk about the woman at the well. You've had five husbands. And <laughs> the one you have now is not your husband. She did a lot of reaching, but she never came up with the right one. Because she had a problem discerning when it was time to reach. So if you've picked up two, three in a row and it keeps coming out bad, baby, put your hand up. Stop reaching. Why don't you pray this season? Lord, Lord, I'm praying this season. So that you'll give me the discernment when I will know when it is my time to reach for uh, a, a loved one, when it's time to reach for a significant other, when it's time to reach for a job, when it's time to reach for a financial opportunity. In your time, Lord, give me the discernment so I know when it is my turn to reach. One of the things that we find in our text is that the man with the withered hand, he at least stayed in the arena, in the place where he should be, where he could actually reach for something. He stayed in the church. He stayed there on Sabbath because he felt like if I'm going to be able to reach, if I'm going to be able to heal, be healed, I want to be in a place where I can be healed. I want to be in a place where, get this, I will get the word to discern when it's my turn to reach. So what I'm saying is even though it's not your season to be reaching, you can't get out of communication with God. Because you don't know when it'll be your turn. Remember, remember the, the, the virgins and the oil? They stayed prepared. They didn't reach for the door when it was not their turn. But they kept enough oil so that they'd be ready whenever the bridegroom came. Whenever it was their turn to reach, they had to stay ready. Somebody point at somebody and say, stay ready. It might not be my season to reach. But I'm going to stay in a place where I am in tune with God's word so that when he says reach, I'm ready. I'm ready. 
to reach. Because if you run out on prayer, if you run out on staying in God's word, you're like the, the foolish virgins who, left, who ran out of oil. And then when it's your turn to reach, you missed it. You were out shopping for oil when it was your turn to reach. Get, somebody say, stay ready. Stay ready. Stay prepared. Stay in a place. And that's what this man did. He stayed in the synagogue in a place where Jesus was going to find him so that when it was his opportunity to reach, he was ready to reach out on God. And baby, if you're going to reach out on something, don't reach out on anything else but God. And I, I love your friends and it's good to have friends, but you can't always reach out on your friend's advice. Can't always reach out on your family's advice. Can't reach out on what you've heard and what worked for somebody else. Maybe if you're going to reach, if I'm going to come out to the side, the frame of who I am and what I have, I'm going to make sure that I'm reaching out on God. Because if I reach outside my frame and I lose my balance, Jesus, God said, I'm still not going to let you fall. Now to him that is able to, to keep you while I'm reaching, I'm not going to fall as long as I'm reaching out. On God, I can step outside of the boat and walk on the water like Peter if I'm reaching out on God. I'm not going to reach out on myself. I'm not going to reach out on anybody else. But if I'm going to reach, if I'm going to come out of myself, if I'm going to lose my balance in the direction of walking on faith, I'm going to reach out on God. Somebody say reach out on God. This man stayed in a position where that he could hear God telling him that it's your turn, that it's your time to extend your hand to reach out on me. So when Jesus gets to the man, now, now he's already in the right place to, to hear the direction of God, to hear God speaking him to God, giving him the direction and the sermon as to when it's time to reach. Then Jesus speaks to the man and he says, rise up and stand forth in the midst. And I want you to understand what he's saying to him. He's saying to him, I want you to put yourself in a vulnerable position. Put yourself in a position where you're kind of out there. I, you're, 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 I, I'm calling you out of your safe place. And, and God keeps bringing this to me, so I need you to get it. I'm calling you out of your comfort zone into a space where you will now be occupying your purpose. Because your comfort zone is not the place of God's purpose. I really need you to get that. Your comfort zone is not the place of God's purpose. Because we serve a God who moves. We serve an active God. That's why we don't build statues of God because he moves too much. Why, are you gonna, why am I going to build a statue to God here? Because in the next few minutes, he might tell me like Abram to pick up all my stuff and leave my kindred and go to a place that he's going to show me. I, I serve a God who moves. That's why I don't serve an idol that has to pick itself up. I don't have to serve an idol that I have to dust off. show <laughs> him. I don't, have, I don't serve an idol that when I need it to move, I have to move it. But God says, I move. God said, I, I'll pick you up when, when you fall down. God said, I'll dust you off when you get dirty. That's the sign of God, kind of God I serve. I serve a God who, who moves. 
So, so because my God moves, I have to be prepared to move when, when he moves. So he's telling him, your comfort zone is not the space where you're going to be blessed. And I'm saying that literally to somebody right now, you're living and existing and gliding by. It's okay. Things are all right. I, I, I'm going to make it. I might be barely making it, but you're existing in a comfort zone that is not in line with God's purpose. Because when you walk in God's purpose, he's going to call you out into uncomfortable spaces. Because you're a royal priesthood, a holy nation that has been what? Called out of darkness into the marvelous light. I'm calling you out of your comfort zone. You cannot remain in this place of comfort because your purpose causes you to move to uncomfortable spaces. He says you're hiding back there. Man with the withered hand. You're hiding in your comfortable space. He's probably also doing what we often do. Instead of seeking healing for our deficiency, we spend our time, our energy, and our money hiding it. Imagine he held his hand so people wouldn't see it. So people wouldn't comment on it. So people wouldn't laugh at it. People wouldn't be whispering in the background about him. Jesus said, I'm taking you to another level where you're not going to have to worry about hiding your deficiency. But I'm going to cause your deficiency to be a strength. And, And I'm talking to somebody who has a difficult testimony. Your testimony isn't about I've been saved all my life. Your testimony isn't about, I've been church, I've been saved for 30 and 40 years. Your testimony isn't, I got saved in 1956 and I've never done wrong since then. But let me speak to somebody who has a difficult testimony because somebody needs to hear it because you've been hiding your testimony. But God said, I'm calling you out right now, you with a difficult testimony, that that testimony of where you had to go through some things. You had to overcome some things. You had to ask forgiveness a few times before you started to get it right. I'm calling you out of that and I'm going to make your deficiency your strength. Because somebody out there doesn't identify with the church person that's been saved with 30 years. Somebody out there doesn't identify not having done wrong in the last few years. But somebody out there needs somebody who's real who will tell them, baby, it was hard. I had to get saved a few times and baby, I'm still working on it. I still cuss sometimes. I still have evil thoughts sometimes. I still find myself going in directions that I should not go. But God said, I'm going to turn your deficiency into a strength for my glory. Stop trying to hide what the devil is trying to make you ashamed of, but bring out that deficiency. And I'm going to make it a strength. And not only am I going to heal you, baby, I'm going to cause that deficiency to heal somebody else. I'm going to cause that testimony to lift somebody else up. I'm going to cause that testimony to bring other people to Christ. God says, stop hiding it and let me have it. Somebody pointed your neighbor and said, God said, let me have it. Let me have it. 
Let me. Let me. Let me. Let me have it. Abraham had a tendency to lie sometimes because his wife was so pretty. But God said, let me have it. Moses killed a man because he got so upset. But God said, let me have it. David committed adultery and set a month, another man up to die. But God said, let me let me have Elijah went out into the wilderness and said, Lord, uh, why don't you just take my life because I feel like I'm by myself. But God said, come here. Let me. Let me have it. So stop hiding your deficiency. Stop hiding yourself. Stop being shy about what you're going through. But God said, pull that thing out and let me. Let me have it. And the thing that you thought was a deficiency is the very thing that I'm going to work on to allow you to reach beyond where you are right now. That's going to allow you to go to another level than you've ever, higher than you've ever experienced before. God's simply saying, let me, let me, let me, let me have it. I need to finish here. But one of the things I want to tell you is that I was looking at a story and, and this man was narrating a story and he was talking about a flea. <clears throat> he was saying that a flea has the capacity, even though it's tiny, that it can jump several feet in the air. Some of you know how them fleas and sometimes, something, sometimes things we call chiggers <laughs> whatever. They can jump around on you. They, they can move. It can jump several feet. However, if you take that same flea and put it in a container, the flea will no longer jump several feet, but it will only jump to the height of its container. It'll stop trying to jump three and four feet. But you know what it'll start doing? It'll only jump as high as it can without hitting the top of the container. So that flea, if you put it in a, in, in a, in a 12-inch jar, it can jump three or four feet. But once it gets in the jar, it's going to jump 10 inches. It's going to jump 11 inches. It's limited by what is containing it. And I came to tell somebody in here, you have the ability to reach much farther than you have. But you're allowing the devil to make you think that you're inside a container. You're allowing the devil to make you think that you are limited by your circumstances. But I came to tell somebody, baby, you can reach further than that. Point at somebody and say, you can reach further than that. You, you can reach higher than that. There are more levels that are in you. There is another dimension that's inside of you. And all you have to do is reach for. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that I can ask, think, or imagine. Baby, you can reach much higher than you know. Stop allowing the devil to think you, that you're limited by your circumstances. I'm not limited by the fact that I was in a single parent home. I'm not limited that I, by the fact that I was in foster care. I'm not limited by the fact that my family didn't want me. 
I'm not limited by the fact that I was on drugs. I'm, I'm not limited by the fact that I was in jail. I'm not limited by the fact that I've done this wrong and, and that wrong. I'm not limited by the fact that I'm 40 years old and I don't have my life together. Baby, I'm not limited by that. But now I want to hear that is able. to reach much further than I've ever reached before. And I'm finishing. I want to close with this. Something that my parents did for me, and they, one of the best things they did for me was actually something they were doing for themselves, but they didn't realize that they were also doing it for me. My mama was 40 years old when she decided to go back to MTSU and get her degree. My father was the same age when he went back to college to get his master's degree. What they were teaching me is that there is no time limit on reaching. There are no limitations that prevent you. Just keep on reaching. I don't care how young you are. I don't care how old you are. I don't care what, how, what your resources are. Baby, wherever you are right now, I'm challenging you to keep on reaching. Somebody point at somebody and tell them, keep on reaching. Because when you keep on reaching, you know what? They didn't even have to get the degree. They got it, but they didn't have to. But their reaching taught me something. And I need you to understand that even when you don't think you'll get it, when you reach, you're teaching your children something. Because see what happened. Let me go back to that flea. When that flea is births other fleas inside the container, the baby fleas, they're not going to immediately jump three feet. But see, the baby fleas are going to jump 11 inches because that's what their mother did. In fact, you can release the flea from the container and the baby fleas will only jump 11 inches because that's what they've been taught all their life. That that's, all, that's as high as I can jump. But I'll tell you what happens. They keep on jumping and all of a sudden they realize, hold on, I can jump a little bit. <laughs> I can, <laughs> I wish I were you. I can jump a little bit bit higher than that. When I, when I, I was inside the jar and I, I thought I could only jump so high, but I realize now that I'm outside the jar that I can jump higher than that. I can think higher than that. I can pray higher than that. I can believe higher than that. My faith can go higher than that. I can reach higher than that. I came to tell somebody this morning that you've been limited by what you've seen around you. But God's telling you right now you can go higher. You can reach higher. You can believe higher. And he said the reason you haven't received is because you didn't ask in my name. But now that you know what you can ask for, he said ask in my name and believe and whatever you ask you shall have and somebody say nothing 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 will be impossible to you everyone standing on your feet come on put those hands together and give God some praise
at somebody, I want you to look at them square in the eye, point at them and say, nothing is impossible to you. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Nothing is impossible. Nothing. often use this story but I I love the story because it fits where we're at in this message as I'm finished I often tell the story of my brother and I we're going to the movie theater we walk inside the door and we see this line and Andre said what's this line for I said I don't know let's just get in it we get in this line And at the end of the line, when we get up to the front, the lady hands us a free ticket. We both got free tickets. And you know what? All I had to do was reach for it. (laughs) They didn't ask me any questions. I didn't have to qualify. I didn't have to be a certain person. I didn't didn't have to have certain credentials. I didn't have to ask a a a list of questions. All I had to do... I want you to think from what have I missed out on in life because I simply didn't reach for something my father always taught me and those who know my dad you know this is just like him he said Larry he said you can always ask the worst thing they can say is no (laughs) he was teaching me to reach for me to reach and I can't I, I dare somebody I'm just I'm just challenging you on this week to reach out for things by faith reach out and don't just reach reach believing when you pray pray believing that you will receive it and you shall I'm gonna pray I'm gonna reach I'm gonna believe and I'm gonna receive that which God has for me. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise for his word. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, Lord, touch us right now, Lord. Even enlarge the place of our faith, Lord. Allow us to exercise that faith that causes us to reach, that calls us out of the midst, that calls us out of our comfort zone, that causes us to step out with uncomfortable faith, but just trusting and believing God that you've got us. Believing when we know that we don't possess it ourselves, that the God that we serve is continuously able to do exactly that which he said he will do. And Lord, I declare in the lives of those who are listening, Lord, that your word will manifest itself, Lord, that you will give them evidence of that which you're about to pour in their lives, even on this week. Lord, that they may be emboldened to reach, that they may be emboldened to ask and know that they serve a God that is able to do everything and recognize, Lord, let them have an attitude that's just like your word, that nothing shall be impossible to them. In Christ's name we pray. 
Amen. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. If you've been watching us virtually, we praise God that you have been blessed. And we pray that you live with expectation until we shall see you again. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Give a Fun. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.